Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Attack of the B-Movies podcast, starring myself, because I still haven't found a co-host, and please, can somebody help out? Anyways, uh, so this movie, we're going to discuss some, well, late 80s, um, they start planning a Batman movie, right? Uh, we all know it, Michael Keaton stars as Batman, but what happens to Adam West? who clearly was not wanted to play Batman in that movie for, for probably various reasons, right? I mean, he was aging. He wasn't, um, wouldn't fit the darker Batman, maybe. Uh, so what happens to him? Well, he stars in a lot of B-movies and a lot of cameo roles. He, he had a small cameo role in Lady, Chatterley Lo- Lady Chatterley's Lover 2, which if you're under 18, you shouldn't see. Uh, he, he's fully clothed the whole time. He plays like a bumbling... Um, Professor, I believe, most of the time from what I've read. I've never seen it because it sounds like a horrible movie. Uh, and then he be, then he stars in a movie like the one we're going to talk about today, which is Zombie Nightmare. So Zombie Nightmare stars Adam West, Tia Carrera, John Michael Thor. Tia Carrera did go on to have a pretty decent career. She, uh, she played in a few movies. She played in Wayne's World, a lot of other ones that I, I just don't remember off the top of my head. And uh, she was also... She had her own show. She was Relic Hunter, which was basically um, Tomb Raider. I always liked the show because I always liked the treasure hunting, Indiana Jones, Nathan Drake kind of, kind of stuff. So um, I was I was for that show. I liked it a lot, and I thought it was pretty damn good. So uh, she was in that. Uh, John Michael Thor was another guy that had been in a few movies before. He was in. Uh, let's see. He was a bodybuilder prior to becoming. Uh, Actor and screenwriter and songwriter. And, hey, the guy's done. The guy did a lot. The guy was a bodybuilding champion. He was an actor, songwriter, screenwriter, historian, vocalist, musician. He does some of the music in this movie, actually, which might not always be the best thing in the world. He was in, oh, let's see, Rock and Roll Nightmare. He was in Zombie Nightmare. Yeah, that was pretty much it. He made a lot of B-movies throughout the years. Uh, you know, what are you going to do? He wasn't, like, you know, that great at anything he did. No offense, John Michael. I think he's dead, though. Uh, which is, you know, that's sad, too. Anyways, so the movie Zombie Nightmare was directed by Jack Bravman. Jack Bravman, sorry. Uh, screenplay was by John Fasano. John Fasano's a name that may pop up here and there because he was, um, he did some uh, art- artist or um, concert promotion. He artwork for concert promotions for uh, heavy metal magazines. He also directed a couple of cult movies, Rock and Roll Nightmare, starring John Michael Thor, and Black Roses, which I believe uh, John Michael Thor is in also. Uh, let's see, he was a co-writer on movies like Another 48 Hours. He also contributed to the scripts for Die Hard with a Vengeance, Tombstone, Judge Dredd, Color of Night, um, The Hunchback, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, um, Universal, uh, Universal Soldier of the Return. So he, he was involved in a lot of films. And he was the writer of this one as well. Uh, I'm not sure if that's something I'd want on my resume or not. But this movie falls into the category of it's so bad it's good. Like This movie is hysterical to watch. And it's so bad because, um, ugh, I mean, for 1986 even it was bad. It's not long. It had a budget of $180,000. It was filmed up in Canada. Uh, I believe maybe Montreal, one of the suburbs somewhere around there. And, um... Well, let me get let me just get right into it. So the movie starts off and it's in the past, and it's funny because I don't think it was that far in the past because the guy John Michael Hall's character I want to say or John Michael Thor's character sorry 
I think I've said it wrong already six times. His character is probably, after the flashback, 18-ish. And in the flashback, he's about eh, four. And his name's Tony Washington. And in the, in the, him and his mom are watching his father play softball. And his father, he's a big husky dude, right? Like, I don't know, is husky the right term anymore? I mean, I'm a big, fat dude, husky dude, whatever. But, you know, he's one of those guys that look kind of built but tubby at the same time. And uh, a little stocky. Stocky might be a good way of putting it. And he's the, he hits, like, the game-winning home run, or he wins the game for the softball team. And him and his wife and, and his kid, young Tony, are, wa- wash, are, um, are walking home. The, the, the dad's name is um, William Washington, played by John Fasano, actually. <laughs> the, screen, the screenwriter. And um, they see this other, they see this uh, young girl who's played by an uh, actress. Well, the young girl is played by an actress named Tracy Biddle. Um, she's a... Uh, She's an African-American girl. I actually, yeah, she's African-American, but her family, later on you find out she knows voodoo and stuff, so her family may have been from um, more like Louisiana or the Caribbean or something. I'm not really sure. I don't think they really ever get into it because this movie is not really that, not really that well-written. But she's um, two guys are saying she's in the wrong neighborhood, and they're threatening her, and they're attempting to rape her. So the father goes over, and he beats him up, right? He picks one guy up and, like, throws him around. Like, it's like old wrestling moves almost. It's Maybe John Fasano was an old, old wrestler. But the way he's dressed and stuff, it looks like it's the 50s. But it's not. It can't be. It's got to be, like, the late 60s, early 70s. So he beats his two guys up, and he thinks uh, he thinks he's got them. And the one guy he thought he knocked out gets up and stabs him with a knife. And uh, everyone screams. The kids run off. And then uh, fade to black. Dad's dead. I mean, we, we assume he's dead. And then... Um, the next scene comes back, and his son is at, um, his son Tony is playing softball at the same softball field, and he's all like, uh, he's all ripped and buff and everything, and um, he's wearing like this horrible shirt. You see like his nipples and stuff. It, it's the like, it's like a tank top, but it's cut all the way down to almost the waist on the side. It's horrible. He's got this really fantastic mullet, if that's your thing too. Um, so. He gets home. He still lives with his mom, and uh, he, his mom, he tells him, "Hey, mom, we won," and she's smiling and happy. And of course, it's still in her head about her her, her husband being killed. And uh, she goes, "Oh, Tony, did you get the groceries from the store?" And he goes, "Oh, I forgot. I'll go out and get them." And she tells him, so he put he takes a jacket that his mom told him to take because old Italian moms always tell you to take jackets even if it's ninety. And uh, he goes to the store, and the store is run by. Um, uh, it's like an Italian deli. I can't think of the guy's name in it. Doesn't matter. So he goes to the deli or the store and he picks up some groceries and he realizes he forgot something. He goes in back. These two thugs come in to rob the store. And Tony beats the hell out of them and he kicks them out of the store. And the, the guy is grateful and he's like, oh, take the food for free. You know, don't worry about it. I really appreciate what you did. Your father would be proud of you. So Tony steps out of the store and he starts putting on it. He puts on his hoodie. And he zips it down. He's got his base, his softball bat, which I don't know why he didn't leave it at home. But whatever. And he starts walking across the street. Well, meantime, we there was a scene of a group of, like, real jag-off, like, entitled rich kid jag-off, like, teenagers, right? And it's um, the, the leader of the group is um, a kid named uh, Jim. Yeah, Jim's the leader of the group. He's playing by Sean Levy. Uh 
there's a guy named Bob, Amy, who's Tia Carrera, Peter, and Susie. And they're at this nightclub, and they're being really loud and obnoxious. They're clearly under the age of 21. Maybe they're maybe they're out of high school. Maybe they're 17, 18, same age as, as uh, Tony. And they're, like, in a whole different area. So it's weird to me because he drive. It shows them. They, he threatened Jim, the leader of the gang, has this. He's just the biggest douchebag. Like, you can't. Yeah. He's the guy you want to just punch in the face. So he played the character perfectly, and I think he's gone on to play that char- a similar character before. But they're at this nightclub or bar, and um, the acting's horrible. Like, the people are dancing, and they're just like, it looks like they're in slow motion, and they all look, like, stoned out, which could be any given night of the Bennigans in the 80s. Um, so he uh, he's being real obnoxious, and this guy turns around and goes, hey, kids, can you qu- keep it down a bit? And he pulls a knife on the guy. So the guy gets to... Security, security comes over, kicks the guys, kicks this group out of the thing, out of the bar, or bar or nightclub. It was really more of a club, I guess, for that time period. And um, they're lit. They get in the car and they're jamming have hard rock, heavy like they're jamming like heavy metal, like shitty heavy metal, probably John Michael Thoris music. And um, they're jamming out. And they're just driving recklessly and they're not paying attention to what they're doing. And now they encounter uh, Tony. And Tony starts crossing the street and they don't. They're not paying attention. Bam! They hit him. They hit them, they take off. So they take off, and the old man running the store comes out, and he goes, oh, my God, Tony, I didn't see, you know, I'm sorry, what, you know. And um, he's Tony's unconscious. And then this other car stops and go, they're like, hey, what can we do? Oh, my God, that's, that's Miss Washington's boy. Uh, that's um, Louise, I think her name is, Louise. That's Louise's son. Oh, no, what are we going to do? Now, instead of calling the cops, calling 911, they put Tony's possibly at this point lifeless body in the car he probably wasn't killed instantly right i mean i mean they were doing i'll get 30 35 miles per hour but he probably would have had some broken legs and a broken back but at this point maybe not been dead so they put him in this guy's car and take him to his mother then they bring the body into the backyard of the house and they're like oh louise we're so sorry i didn't see who did it and she's like and she now she gets mad and she's like no i'm not um I'm not losing, or, you know, they can't, they're not going to get away with taking my son away like they took my, my husband. So they're in Louise's backyard, and she tells, she tells them to go get um, Molly, I think her name is. Yes, go get Molly. And they, they're like, what do you want with that crazy voodoo priestess lady? She's crazy. What do you want with her? And they're like, she's like, go get her. She owes me one. Turns out she's the little girl that her husband got killed saving. And she apparently is legitimately a voodoo priestess because when Molly shows up, she says, um, we'll get them. But basically, she tells him, okay, I'll help you out. We'll, we'll get them back. But you need to know that I cannot bring your son back to life. Of course, if they had taken him to the goddamn hospital an hour and a half prior to this, maybe he'd be somewhat alive. We wouldn't have a movie, a bad movie, though. So, but she said what she can do is she can keep him in between, um, she can keep him from being completely dead. So basically, he's going to be a zombie. And then, um, He'll seek out those that have wronged the family, basically, or wronged you know the the ones that have killed him. So um, Louise, of course, agrees because she wants vengeance. So the next uh, next scene we see is Jim and Jim and the gang at the yeah it's like an ice cream parlor in Canada I don't know what they're called Tasty something or not I don't remember it's not important and um, he's there and I think it's. Peter, who says, wow, we're lucky, she's not, uh, it's not in the, um, papers, you know, no one reported it, 
And and uh, the one I think Tia Carrera's character is like, well, maybe he didn't die. Maybe he just you know got up and walked away. And Jim's like all proud of what he did. And that's something I forgot to mention. So after he's brought back from the dead, they show this this group again because they're dropping the car off at the it's the it's Jim's father's car from work. So they're taking it to Jim's cousins to fix it because you know it's dented. And Jim's sitting in the car, and everyone else is outside shaking up and. The one guy's like, dude, you okay? And he's like, yeah, man, it feels, I feel great. Like, he enjoyed killing this guy. He's like, the fact that I could snuff out his life like that, you know. So this kid's got some major problems. And there's a scene where he throws spaghetti at his mom. So, like, you know, maybe he's testing to make sure it's done, see if it sticks. I don't know. So, um, they're at this ice cream place. He starts sitting on this waitress and... She's like, dude, I only date men. You're a little boy. I don't want to deal with you, you know. And he's like, you'll, you, one day you're gonna, you're gonna get it. And he's just a total asshole. So then people start uh, laughing at him, and he gets pissed at the people that are laughing, whatever. And it cuts to the other ones again. And um, Peter goes, holy, they're talking. Peter and his girlfriend, and I think it's Susie. Peter and Susie are talking with this, with um, the other guy. Uh, what's his name? Bob. And they're like, and Peter goes, oh, I got to go to the academy. I got to I gotta give a tennis lesson to some woman he gives lessons to. And then Susie's going to go with them. And, uh, well, it's a horror movie in the 80s. So they he teaches, he does the tennis lesson. He plays tennis with her after he teaches the other woman. And they're the last two in the academy except for this janitor guy. And Peter goes, well, you know what, I'm going to, um, I'm, I'll lock up. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll handle things. And the old man knows what's going to happen. So he goes to his little room and he's watching TV and reading. And they're Peter and Susie are in the night t- in the hot tub together, and uh, yeah, I guess they, I guess they got to be over eighteen in this movie now. That I think about it, they got to be early twenties, late teens. And anyways, so they're they're in the night in the night in the hot tub, and Susie hears a noise and she wants to know wants Peter to go check it out. So Peter goes to check it out reluctantly, and he gets up, and he walks over to the door, he looks, he goes, see, there's nothing there, and he turns around, and he's looking at Susie as he says this, and our good friend Tony the Zombie walks up behind him, grabs him by the neck, and snaps his neck. Susie gets up and runs off, and of course, somehow doesn't outrun the zombie, somehow all the exits are, uh, somehow all the, uh, exits are, like, locked where she can't get out from the inside. You'd think there'd be some fire hazard issues there, but that's the case there, so she can't get out. And eventually he finds her, he crushes her skull with the baseball bat. He basically bat her up. So the next day, Tia Carrera is freaking out, and um, the other one, Bob, it's Bob. At this time, at this point, it's Bob, and it's um, Amy, and it's Jim talking. And Bob's reading in the paper, and it says that Peter and Susie were, were uh, they overdosed on drugs. That's how they died. And he's like, they didn't do drugs. They didn't do angel dust, man. This isn't what, something's going on here. And Jim's just like laughing, and they're like, "What are you?" He's like, "What are you laughing about? This is—they're dead." He goes, "It means that that guy we thought we killed isn't dead, man, and he's coming for us." And he starts laughing again. And Bob goes, "Dude, what's wrong with you? That's that's messed up. We got to get out of town." And Jim's thought, Jim, you know, now he thinks he's a big hotshot, right? He killed this guy. He thought so. He, you know, nothing. He's not afraid of anything, and he, plus he's a freaking idiot. And um, he goes, uh, basically, he's like, "Nothing's gonna stop me, man." Let him come. I say let him come. So we flash forward a little bit. It's that he, he gets turned down by the waitress again. And this time he finds her again when she's leaving work. And he corners her. And he's trying to... Um, 
he holds a knife on her. He's trying to rape her. And our friend Tony comes and impales him with the baseball bat to kill him. And come on, why not? That's great. <laughs> you impaled somebody. Um, I forgot to mention at the gymnasium, they, uh, that's when we were introduced to the cops. We were introduced to um, a detective, Frank Sorrell, who's played by an actor named Frank Dietz. And um, he investigates the first two on his own. And he's investigating the witness, and he's like, so your boyfriend, which it's the 80s, so obviously, clearly, you don't blame the victim, right? I mean, you can see she's shaking up, and she's like, he had me at knife point. And the guy apologizes, and it's like, okay, I'm sorry. And he talks to the coroner, and the coroner basically is saying how strong this guy has to be, right? So the guy's got to be on drugs or something, and Frank pretty much is like, all right, so no problem. But he's, he still thinks something's up. Like, something's not sitting right. You know, he realizes at the crime scene that he saw something that he just can't... It's just not sitting right. So he goes to talk to his boss, Police Captain Tom Churchman, Adam West. Funny, because, you know, he, he used to work with Commissioner Gordon, and now he's basically the commissioner, right? He's captain. And um, he tells Adam West's character, Hey, I got these suspicions. Something's not... Something doesn't fit right. I can't understand how this is a human being doing this. And... Adam West goes, uh, or sorry, Tom Churchman tells him, you know what, we already have a suspect. We got a guy. And he rattles off this guy's name, and they bring him in, and he's fighting with the cops, and Adam West kicks him, and he gets all riled up again. He's a big punk rock-looking guy that's, you know, all high on something. So they're like, oh, case solved, we're good. But, um, you know, it doesn't sit right with, with, uh, with Frank. So Frank starts looking at these photos, and he realizes that there's something, there is something of the crime, at the crime scenes that's the same. He sees Molly in both pictures, and the crime scenes happen across town from each other, so he doesn't understand why she would be there. So he goes, they bring, they, he brings her in for questioning. It doesn't go anywhere. The qu- captain dismisses it and says, hey, she's just a voodoo palm reader. She, she chases ambulances. It's her hobby. That's, that's what she does. So... You know, obviously, he doesn't... Frank is still concerned about this. And, um... But he's told, go home. You know, go home. Leave this stuff at work. It's gonna it's gonna kill you. So, we find out that, uh... So then, Adam West... Sorry, I keep saying Adam West. Um, we find out that Tom, Adam West's character, contacts this, uh... He contacts the father of Jim, whose name is Fred. And he tells him that Molly's involved with this, the death of his son and says, you need to come to the police station right now. So Fred goes to leave the house, and he goes to go to the police station. And as he's getting in his car, he sees Tony approaching him. Now, he's armed with a rifle, and he starts shooting Tony, and it doesn't stop him. He gets in the car, and he starts fumbling with the keys, trying to start the car. He doesn't shut and lock the door. Not that it would have helped much, but every little bit, right? So he's trying to... um. He shoot well. He shoots Tony, and Tony falls to the ground. But he's a zombie. I mean, we know that, so we know it's not going to fix it. So he uh, he he's trying to get the keys, and Tony reaches in, breaks Frank breaks breaks Fred's neck also, and kills him. So prior to this, Bob and Amy had already known they were going to be next. They decided to skip town, but they didn't have any money. They remember Jim telling him how his um his cousin's auto shop he always stores money there. So they're like, okay, we're going to steal. We're going to go and we're going to steal the um, the money and we're going to take off. So they break into the auto shop and as in every horror movie, they split up. Bad idea, right? I guess it wouldn't have mattered. 
Bob goes one way, Amy goes the other way. Um, Tony finds them, and I don't remember. I, I think he finds yeah he finds Bob first, and he bashes his head into the car door, and he or bashes in against the car, and kills him. So then um, Amy's hiding from him behind a glass window. Uh, Fred shows up here because he takes the um, not Fred, Frank. Frank shows up with the voodoo priestess who led him there. He leaves her in the car. He goes into the auto shop, and he uh, he see he confronts Tony and he gets knocked back and. He's like half awake. He's like struggling to get up, and he sees that he he, he tries to stop him from killing um, killing Amy, and he can't. He just smashes Amy against the door and kills her. So at this point, Molly is in the car. Frank's not out of the building yet, and during the scene where uh, Tony kills Amy, um, Brad, uh, Tom Adam West character Tom shows up. Grabs the voodoo priestess. He's like, "You need to. You're coming with me." So they take off. <clears throat> so what we find out is that Tom, Adam West's character, and that guy Fred were the two guys that tried beating her and raping her. Which really goes to say a lot about how come Jim turned out the way he did, right? Because his dad was a scumbag and he's a scumbag. So he's taken him to. She take. He takes her to the to the. Uh, he takes her to the um, cemetery, and uh, he knows that he learned from her that once a zombie, or yeah, he learns from her that once a zombie loses its energy, or a zombie will lose its energy once it avenges itself. So they're at the they're at the um, cemetery. Tom is there first with Molly, and uh, Churchman shoots, and so Tony's getting weakened, right? Because Tony avenged the deaths of the people he needed to avenge, even though he was technically going to help her out. But he, he's at the cemetery because that's where he's sleeping, I guess, kind of, right? So he goes there, and he's tired out, and um, and Churchman shoots him a few times and is able, able to kill him. And then he shoots Molly at the same time. And Frank's there at this point, and he's standing next to Molly when he shoots Molly, and he goes, what are you going to do? Are you going to shoot me, Tom? And Tom's like, I have no other choice. So as Tom goes to shoot uh, Frank... Another zombie comes out of a, near, a grave that he's standing by, and he grabs him and he drags him into the ground. And you see, like, the fires of hell, right? Because supposedly that's where he drags him. So Molly's dead. Tony's dead, but he's avenged. And now um, Molly and the and the father are all avenged. And um, so fr- so that leaves Frank. I don't know what he's going to tell the, the precinct or whatever. I think he just kind of be like, I don't know what happened. Uh, but... It, before he leaves, he looks at the tombstone, and it has the name of Tony's father on it. So Tony's father was the second zombie that reached out and grabbed the man that killed him. So this was a longer episode than I expected to do for you guys, um, mainly because I, I gave you a lot more background. I don't know why, but hey, whatever. Uh, it's a really bad movie, but it's fun to watch because you get to see Adam West with a mustache, and he's a bad guy, right? Usually you see Adam West, and you think Batman never really think of him as playing a bad guy. And I'm sure playing Batman kind of didn't, you know, it didn't help him get other gigs, right? But, um, so that's this episode of Attack of the B-Movies podcast. That was Zombie Nightmare. Uh, I hope you like it, or hope you like the podcast. Check out the movie. You can find it on YouTube, I'm sure, by now. It's public domain. If not, I know Mystery Science Theater did a version of it, too. Most of the movie's in there. There's a little, I think they cut when Jim gets killed out of it. You don't see it. Um... I haven't seen the Mystery Science Theater one in a while, but I just watched the regular one. 
again, it our purpose here is to bring notice to movies so bad they're good. So thanks for listening, and I will talk to you later. Bye.